0: Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. If you would like to support the Guy Jeans Podcast, please write a review on iTunes or Google Reviews and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you have questions, suggestions, advertising inquiries, or would like to be a guest on the podcast, please email us at GuyJeansPodcast at gmail.com. I'm Bart Hall with a different kind of commercial. Yes, I'm going to talk about the Bart Hall Show March 29th to April 2nd at the Long Beach Convention Center. It's called the Granddaddy of them all for a reason. But in 1946, when my parents, Fred and Lois Hall, decided to produce an outdoor recreation event, there were no guidelines. So they just started celebrating what they loved, and that continues to this day. We produce these shows because we share the passion for outdoor recreation that everyone that comes to our event shares with us. People that come to our shows are good people, and the world needs more of them. Yes, we have tons of boats, the best fishing tackle, great deals at exotic hunting and fishing destinations. But the most important thing is that we will provide a full day of outdoor recreation family fun. Make new family memories March 29th to April 2nd at the Long Beach Convention Center. Details at HallShows.com. That's HallShows.com. It's a Guy Jeans podcast.
1: Hi there, my name is Guy Jeans and I started this podcast to talk to interesting and motivating people living and manifesting their passions and ambitions into reality. I've always said, if you're passionate and love what you do, you will be successful. They say that you have to spend at least a thousand hours to master something whether it's practicing or doing whatever you're trying to achieve, you need to at least do a thousand hours or more to become proficient at it. And I want to tell you guys a story. You know, I I went and watched uh, my ex-guest. Uh, I think I was like 20 years old in a little beach town backyard party in a little community called Pierpont down in Ventura, down on the beach. And I had heard that this uh, guitar player was gonna be playing in this backyard and uh so a bunch of us went down to the beach to this party and it was a backyard barbecue type party I don't know maybe a hundred people there and it was just uh, a lot of fun and everything and I see this uh this guy he's uh, about a year younger than me uh setting up his guitar and getting ready to play and everything and When he started playing with his band, all ears were on him and everybody was just stoked. And it was a really neat thing to see um, this young kid really uh, tearing it up. And uh, that's my next guest, Guy Martin. And uh, he has gone on to play for 10,000 people at the Staples Center, playing the Star Spangled Banner. Um, touring around, playing with his band, writing songs, starting a recording studio, and we're going to hear all about that and some of the musicians that he's played with, like B.B. King and others. So without further ado, here's Guy Martin. Guy, how you doing? All right, brother. Good to see you. Good to
2: actually hear you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, I was thinking about, you know, um, what our band would be called <laughs> if we had a band our g- band guy and guy yeah the, the guys It'd just be called the guys the guys there you go, I like that yeah it
2: sounds kind of um sounds kind of boy bandish
1: <laughs> right <laughs> have you known have you known anybody else with uh, the uh, the name guy um,
2: there you know there's a couple um no not real person. not on a personal level, not really
1: yeah, I know to be honest um, I know with you. I no like uh I've known two other ones, you know, one's in Camarillo oh, okay, um uh, guy Lockwood, who's a general contractor and um oh interesting, okay, yeah, and uh, that's about it, man, and then you, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> but you
2: know what's funny is I don't know if you've um ever typed your own name into like Facebook,
1: uh-huh.
2: So social media is the pretty much encyclopedia of people, right? Yeah. So, dude, you would be surprised on how many Guy Martins there are in this world. I'm just like, wow, I, I was, was blown away.
1: I was tripping on that too, man. I was uh, I was yeah. looking, you know, doing my research on you, and, and yeah, I was like, there's yeah. like, a, is there like a stunt guy that's like Guy Martin or something, or race car driver or something?
2: There's a he's a he's a he's retired now, but he's a motor um, street. Motorcycle, yeah, motorcycle racer from the UK, yeah. yeah. In fact, in fact, prior to him coming on like the internet scene, you type in Guy Martin, and then my music stuff would pop up. Yeah. And then until he came on the scene, he pretty much <laughs> he pretty it. much stole my <laughs> he stole my search thunder man. That yeah. guy. How funny, man! So It is what it is.
1: (laughs) Well, we go way back, you know. um, You know, into you know, like when we were in high school and stuff. You know, um, you were were playing music with uh, with uh, Jude Miller. I think he was playing bass for you, and you were you were I think you were sixteen years old shredding on the guitar. I remember that, (laughs) and dude, I I think that I remember Jude talking about you. Um, and, and Shane Wright, was he, was he playing with you too? And who else was? Yeah. He,
2: uh, so Tom Mobley on drums Mobley, back then.
1: Yeah. Tom Mobley. Yeah. That was the, that was the threads. The threads. Um, yes. The threads.
2: Yeah. And then Shane Wright actually was singing with us. That's
1: right. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, man. i remember hearing about you guys. The first time that I actually really got to see you perform and play, was at a party in Pierpont, and you you were playing, I think, with your band, and uh, it was, you know, shitload of people there, and you you right. came out and you were sh- just shredding, and I was just like, "Yeah, this <laughs> dude's ripping it," you know. I mean, I I knew you, um, but it was just cool to see, you know, um, somebody so young, you know, playing yeah, that guitar, right playing that guitar so well, and. Um, it was just, it was just really neat, man, to, to see you shredding. Right on. for sure.
2: Do I you, wonder what, that's kind of, that's kind of like, um, I didn't do a ton of Pierpont parties, but there's one that sticks out, um, back, back in the Charlie's days. Remember Charlie's? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's when Alby.
1: Yes, um, it was Alby's house. It was Alby's house. Okay.
2: So yeah. that, that was the same party then. Yeah. Like yeah. that's kind of, that was kind of like my local, My just I guess you would call it local discovery where a lot of the locals from down in that area and the Ventura area kinda got to see me.
1: because
2: it was it was a long time ago. And then I remember Albert saw me at Charlie's and or Albie and then he goes, Hey man, I got this party, I want you to play and and it kinda snowballed from there. It was was pretty pretty cool actually the way it happened.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. You're you're shredding that and there's people standing around just tripping on you.
2: I, I actually, I have a couple photos in my old photo album of that party.
1: Yeah, that was a good time. was cool. Man. So yeah. let, let's talk about um, early, because uh, I want to talk about, like, how you got started playing the guitar. How many hours would do you think that you had to, like, practice before you got, like, proficient at playing the guitar?
2: Well, I don't know how many hours... It took to be honest with you, but uh-huh. when I first took up a guitar, um, going out, girlfriends, drinking none of that was part of my um schedule. I was like in my room five hours a day, yeah, every day, like playing along with records, okay. And then so, and that that was shoot, that went on for probably two to four years I'm, I'm gonna say two to three years straight five hours a day i'm not kidding yeah that was just that i was like that into it
1: <laughs> so were you were you just listening to the the solos of certain records and artists and and or just listening to just playing and learning by ear is that what you were doing
2: yeah pretty much um it was it was mostly stevie ray yeah. Like I would just throw, I would just
1: throw in his records and try to
2: emulate everything he was doing because that's what I wanted to sound like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, man. I mean, definitely. We want to talk about some of those shows that you've done. Um, yeah. You know Stevie Ray shows and and Jimi mm-hmm. Hendrix shows and stuff. We'll definitely talk about that later on. But um, you know, they say you know for somebody to be proficient at anything, you know, a thousand hours is pretty common. You know, it sounds like you were getting a thousand hours pretty early on, you know.
2: Yeah. That yeah, I've heard that saying actually. Yeah. And
1: to be honest, I haven't even
2: calc'd it out. I don't even know I don't even know what it would calc out to, but I was pretty devoted when I picked it up and
1: when did everything um, when did everything kind of like quit uh click on you, you know, like, dude, I'm 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 kind of shredding right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um
2: I want to say, uh, I I do remember having a moment, a very similar thought of that, similar to that, and I just can't remember when and how it was. Um,
1: like in your like in your see, bedroom, you're just uh, all of a sudden you're just like you got the whole Stevie <laughs> Ray Vaughan record down, and you're like, oh, oh you know what it was? Here it is, here
2: it is. I I remember this moment. Do you remember John Francis? Yes absolutely yeah so he yeah so he was he was pretty much the
1: the um shredder he was a shredder yeah
2: yeah back when we were hanging out in high school he was just mr jazz mr manco mr you know rock and then i told him i go dude i i i'm gonna buy a guitar i want i want you to show me some licks. anyway yeah we uh and there's a funny story about that too, based on where I live now, but, um, I would be at his house down in his basement, just jamming, um, Gannon from uh, guitar planet would always be down in there with us. And just, it was, so where was I going with that? Um, um, remind me where I was going with that. You're, story.
1: you're just talking about like, you know, beginning to, to shred. Oh, know, no, like, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay.
2: So I'm, I made a recording of me jamming to like a red house slow blues groove Uh back then. And I played it for John over the phone and he goes, that's not you. (laughs)
1: That's
2: not, that's not you. And I'm like, that's, that's coming from John. That's when I knew like, okay,
1: Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing all right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that guy, I remember he was a shredder too, man. And that's a, yeah, he's,
2: yeah and he's still good to this day he's so versatile
1: yeah i haven't seen him in a long time for sure yeah okay so you were jamming sh- you were jamming and you you kind of figured that out and then you kind of started playing with the the boys with the threads yeah and, and then you started what what happened i saw a video an old video of you like playing the guitar behind your head even when you're like 16 <laughs> so how did that go down yeah
2: <laughs> yeah because because cause stevie ray did it i'm like well i'm If he can do it i can do it whatever right we were at a high school yeah we were at a high school dance and um yeah we were playing to like a full packed girls gymnasium and uh yeah that's i remember that was one of the first times i did did that and the video actually everyone got super excited it was a pretty cool moment yeah you know being 16.
1: Ventura high school dances, man. I played one of those or two, or two or three of those. Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, you probably yeah. were there. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you probably. I don't know. <laughs> it was back in the day. That's for sure, man. I don't yeah. know. Like a lifetime ago. So you grew up in Ventura, and yeah, starting raised. Yep. And are you doing uh, music pretty much full time? Are you are you still doing general contracting and what do you do in these you know, days?
2: general. I'm. Uh, I've been burning the candle from both ends for literally since I was a kid, since I was seventeen, eighteen. Um, construction during the day, music at night. Yeah. And on the weekends, and then just because even it's like people ask me, well, you know, why do not you know why didn't you go out and tour and stuff? And there's two parts of that question is. Two parts of that answer one is because i was always i felt like i was always tied down with with expenses bills sure you know i i had kids a little bit early so that tied me down and then um the older i got i'm like god do i want to tour kind of sounds like a pain in the ass now huh? <laughs> <laughs> right it's a lot of work it, yeah i know it's a lot of work and um anyway so I even to this day I'm still general contracting because that pays the bills. You know, sure. It's why I have the things I have, it's why I have my studio and, um, you know I I won't I won't rely on music for a sole income. Not at this stage. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. You know maybe maybe someday you never know. But I like it. Yeah. Not getting it. Not getting any younger.
1: Are you building houses? Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you guys building houses like crazy right now? Because the when uh, like Orlando and all those, are you doing stuff up there from the fire? Yeah,
2: um, yeah. I had a I had my hand in like five of those, and then between between some politics, and then a lot of people just not wanting to build and selling their lots. I only ended up doing one. Oh, okay. Um, but right now is a real busy time. A lot of people are remodeling. Cool awesome man so it's yeah it's busy
1: so let's talk about your the scales you know like (laughs) when i'm when i'm watching you play the guitar and you're playing like over chords and stuff is there Mm -hmm. is there a certain pattern or certain type of scale are you improvising the whole time or is it all you know like go ahead sorry
2: it's a it's a hundred it's a hundred and ten percent improv improvisation here. Yeah. Cuz I don't I honestly I never learned music theory. It bored the crap out of me. Um I know if I ever want to be a major studio musician then I would have to change that. But even even some of the good studio cats they're just ear players. Yeah. But um I really I I do have a good ear. And it's trained ever since I was little. That's all I ever did was learned by ear. Mm-hmm. So when I'm playing a solo, it's all muscle memory of what I already know. At the same time, like, how can I make this different? And then just use my ear and skills to kind of take it somewhere different every time.
1: Yeah. You know? Is it, it when you're playing, like, some chords, or you go, okay, I got to play in this key? Or are you just... Playing like okay, this is what I hear, and I'm going to play this. That's is that what I'm hearing. What like you mean like when I'm writing a song or, or if I'm playing? Like, yeah, let's say that, let's say that you're sitting in, you know, with a group, and which I've seen oh, okay. you, which I've seen you do, and yeah. um, and they're like, hey, go ahead, guys, solo. And then you're like, okay, well, we're playing these chords, so I need to solo in this key. Or you just are right. you just hearing it and just going for it?
2: No, I'll start with the key that I'm supposed to be in, for yeah. sure. Uh-huh. And it depends on the depends on the, it depends on the progression, but sometimes you can take it to different places that work. And mm-hmm. again, because of my lack of knowledge of music theory, there's a term for that. I don't know what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's called you're gifted. You know? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's some players that I see that are gifted in the sense of, they know exactly where they're going and why it's because they know the theory. They know that they know that note is going to work right there in that particular moment. And I wouldn't say I'm that skilled in that area. Um, I'm good here, but I've, you know, I hit wrong notes like anybody else. And you just don't go there again.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's a passing right, tone. Uh, I it know. It right. right
2: it's. It's. I call it jazz.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so you played with some pretty gnarly uh, um, musicians, man. Um, I've seen that you've opened up for, you know, some pretty uh, incredible cats. You know. Yeah. Um, and you know, like uh, I think you did. You did you open up for BB uh, King? I did. Yeah. Yep. So what was that like?
2: Oh, that was amazing. That was such a magical night. Um, I remember getting a call from Ronnie at the theater. She goes, I got something for you. And I go, what? She goes, B.B. King. Oh, I'm just like, okay. No way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, she goes, you were my first call. And that's that just, I mean, that night was just to be able to hang out. His whole band is like his family. and just to just to talk to those guys up in the green rooms upstairs right was so was so freaking cool man it was um hey Wyatt, no 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 barking buddy
1: um do you think sorry about that do you think that uh bb king is kind of like you where he's he's just playing by ear and feel and you know like similar to go ahead so
2: I, I kind of, I haven't studied that deep into BB King enough to know that that's what he does, but I get the feeling that he's very much like that. Yeah. When I hear him play. For sure. And watch
1: and watch him, you know. Yeah. Who Who else have you opened up for?
2: Um. Jeff Healy was a really, really cool experience. Nice. Um, yeah, that that was very very interesting. Um just because of his stage setup and I've never seen anything like that. He was just he just ripped,
1: man. Uh-huh.
2: For being blind and playing on his lap and stuff like that. Yeah. Um Little Feet slash um Kenny Wayne Shepherd. I've opened for him 3 times. Oh no way. <laughs> yeah, and um
1: who else has he did kenny wayne um, can, kenny wayne shepherd see you play at all oh yeah okay cool yeah.
2: awesome yeah um yeah him and i actually you know kind of became friends just from always running into each other at the at those spots and yeah um it was pretty cool i got to he um he flew in fact i have a kenny wayne story I got to know his manager, okay,
1: uh-huh. and his
2: manager. His manager flew a friend of mine, Kenny, flew his manager, me, and another friend to Vegas to the House of Blues out there uh-huh. to to watch their gig. And at the time, Kenny was Kenny's band was Chris Layton on drums and Tommy Shannon on bass. Wow, and. That's Stevie Ray's rhythm section. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there in the House of Blues prior to the show, um, eating dinner, having cocktails, and in walks Stevie's rhythm section, and I'm just like,
1: "Oh, were you flipping you know, out?" That's, yeah, that's just that's just
2: that was just a heavenly moment for me right there. And they sat down at the table, and we were just chilling. I'm oh. just like, "Oh my god," you know, because Stevie was just such a big influence in my playing and and uh yeah it was, it was that's surreal. going
1: that's a that's crazy man going from playing his records in the bedroom yeah. for five hours a day and then being flown out to vegas later on in life and meeting those guys i mean what i know is that crazy <laughs> that's crazy it's really really
2: cool
1: it is, it is crazy <laughs> it is man yeah
2: things yeah. happen things happen and,
1: for a reason
2: I know. He's you know, pretty cool. For sure. Um, and then, um, let's see, Dave Mason. Uh, Dave Mason was another cool um, experience for me because I ended up working on his house. Oh, really? Doing con- doing construction in Ohio. Uh-huh. And then I knew who he was, but he didn't know who I was. Uh-huh. And so we, we just started doing small talk about guitars because he had guitars hanging up all his house and stuff and um i picked one up and started playing and then he (laughs) saw that i
1: kind of knew what i was doing Uh uh-huh
2: and then we just became friends from there all the way to the point where he invited me on stage with him on two occasions wow and that was that was insane that was uh um, his um bass player was Gerald Johnson, who was um, steve miller 's bass player for many years Wow, super cool cat, and we were playing this gig. The room was probably there was probably a thousand people in the in the audience um, and we did this slow blue song, and then at the end of the song, I got a standing ovation from the room nice that was and that was kind of in the middle of his set. And that just really, it blew my mind. I, I didn't know how to, it, it honestly, I was like, what the heck? And
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how
2: happy Dave was about that. But <laughs> I, I was getting, um, I was getting stopped in the streets of Ventura, uh, months and months after that show, uh, uh, by people that saw that night that were there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs>
1: So are you, are you like sitting in on, uh, other or sitting in with other bands playing guitar, you know, or doing any of that kind of stuff every once in a while?
2: Yeah. Like, um, currently I'm basically Raging Arb's main guitar player currently.
1: Oh, are you? (laughs) Right on. Um, Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing. yeah, you're, you're always jamming (laughs) with those guys. So there's,
2: yeah, there's that, there's that set up. And then, um, I do a lot of sitting in because, you know, Blue shows it's just they're so loose. You just go up there and sit in, play some notes, and walk off, and you're done. You know, it's it's always fun. Yeah. So I do a lot of collaboration and sit ins with different friends and different bands, Uh Um, and that also gets carried into the studio as well.
1: Have you have you done any um, original uh, records?
2: Hmm. Um, two, but man, that's a bittersweet subject for me because (laughs) I've, I've, I've always been able to really record my own stuff Yeah. yet. I don't have, I don't have the stuff to show for it. It's so, it's so screwed up. (laughs) Um, in 97, I did a, um, I remember TK was the engineer on this the yeah. mine, But I
1: did a I did I, a CD I, there. I remember that.
2: And then, um, and then live at the Cafe Voltaire back in the day. Um, we did a live thing there, and man, sad, sad to say, that's that's the only thing I've ever released. And I'm currently chomping at the bit, working with my current guys to uh, actually do a record good because it's long overdue long
1: overdue it is man and you know i know the uh have have you got like the original songs to do it like uh yeah you're all ready to go basically Basically, just got to record them mm, nope gotta finish them gotta finish writing them oh got it
2: yeah my whole my whole weak spot's always been lyrical you know because i'm not the greatest singer although people tell me that i'm good and fine
1: and i'm like well, I don't like the way I sound, so. <laughs> you know, I think that's pretty typical, man. I, you know, I was have yeah. been listening to you, you know, your music the last couple of days, mm-hmm. and uh, your voice is great, man. Don't don't even worry oh, about that. So, I appreciate so, that. Yeah, it sounds good, man. It's, it sounds good with the music um, you're doing. It's cool.
2: I appreciate it, and um, so that's that's always been the kind of my crutch, and um, you know, if I had a voice like Johnny Lang, I probably. Would be doing different things today,
1: you know. Uh, I think you, I think you know I think your voice is killer, and um, uh, I think you need to I, I think I think you need to do the music for your fans. You know they they would eat yeah. it. They would eat it up, man. And I, know, yeah, you know, I
2: appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you know to motivate you. You know, um, do it for them. You know. Cause,
2: yeah, because you're right.
1: Everybody would be super stoked to you know, get something of, of your creation for sure.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, it's coming sooner, sooner than later. So.
1: Well, let's talk about um, produced shows that you've done, like massive produced shows. I've seen videos. I've (laughs) seen like um, these big shows with chicks singing in the background. Um, You know, I mean, let's talk about that. How, how did you do that? And, and how long did that take to rehearse for something like that?
2: Yeah, that was, um, so that show in particular is the Jimi Hendrix thing we did. I think yeah. Was, I think it was 2012 or 14. I can't remember. Was that at the Ventura theater?
1: Ventura theater?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And um, so that one was, dude, talk about, like, multiple hats. Exactly. On that show.
1: Exactly. <laughs> th-
2: on that show, everything was my creation.
1: Yeah, Uh,
2: like nothing like other than the participation of the band and the girls rehearsing and and coming up with choreography for the show. Yep, everything, everything was just on my shoulders and which I was gladly taking on because I just wanted to do it. So we we rehearsed for about four months. Yeah. Twice, twice a week for four months.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And we we re, we rehearsed 2 hours of Jimi Hendrix. And then um when it came to showtime, I hired um three video cameras and then after you know once everything was done, I pretty much did a full production DVD of the whole night. Yeah. And it's and it's really cool cuz it's got a lot of B-roll footage from rehearsals and And stuff like that and um that was really cool man do people
1: still get that is it somewhere
2: yeah you know what's funny is it's i don't think it's anywhere maybe on my website i think but my website's not even updated it's um i really need to start kind of getting that out because there's i still have like i think three boxes of dvds in my garage (laughs) that show yeah um and shirts to match in fact I was going to um, possibly come up with a current um, edition of that show uh-huh. and offer offer that DVD and, and a shirt as, as part of the package to buy a ticket.
1: Oh, that's cool. But
2: that's, yeah, that'll be, a, that'll be planned later.
1: So did you do that show just one night, or did you do it somewhere else, or just, uh, just at the
2: theater? So we went to the Venture Theater, to the, then to the Canyon Club, did oh. it there. And then we took it to a smaller venue at Yoli's when um uh, oh, yeah. Jan and Jerry Jerry McWater were doing high head entertainment shows there. Uh huh. Um we did the night there and that was really cool. Um, um so there's just three times really. Yeah. And then and then um as of more recent, I kind of did a, a Stevie Ray Vaughan show in downtown Ventura. And that was fun, because I actually did an SRV show a long time ago at the theater, mm-hmm. even before the Jimmy show. Um, but today's version is much better, just because I'm a better performer, a better player. Yeah. Um, but that was fun. That was kind of recent. That was within the last few months,
1: I think. Oh, really? That show. Yeah. People have no idea what it takes to produce a show like that, huh? Isn't that nuts? Like they, no they, just, they, they s- usually don't <laughs> they just see the final product you know they don't have any idea what it takes yeah. for the rehearsals and you you said choreography mm-hmm. um yeah. lighting and the organization of the band and i mean it's a you know until that know. until that final um curtain call man and you're done and you yeah. walk off the stage it's like a big relief huh
2: heck yeah <laughs> it's hard to yeah, explain really- huh that yeah, that Jimmy show it, that was a big endeavor, and I yeah. I just trip out the fact that I was able to even pull that off. Yeah. just pretty. Yeah. I was pretty much by myself. I did all the artwork for the posters. I did all the editing and stuff. Post um, editing for the DVD. Uh huh. Um, obviously, I was in charge of the rehearsals. Yep. And uh, and just yeah, it was gnarly.
1: what's the what's what's the feeling like playing in front of a a big audience like that because a lot of people don't know what that feels like and can you explain what that feels like to be playing in front of an audience you know that big you know yeah 12 to 1500 people Um, there and and they're all focusing on you what's that like
2: i have i have a story um that's related to that, but I'll answer that first. Um, That's, I would say it's pretty, it's just surreal and magical. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, you know, you played in front of big crowds. Uh, It's the the energy I can't explain it. The energy that that's just back and forth. Uh, It really makes me a better player Uh to play with that kind of, energy in the house you know um, um just to know that everyone's focused on your craft that you've worked so hard at yeah and they're enjoying it's such a gratifying yeah. feeling
1: uh that's
2: cool
1: <laughs> well absolutely yeah i totally get it
2: right man. and then so that story i was talking about i got um a friend that hooked me up with um playing the stars National anthem, Star Spangled Banner,
1: yeah.
2: at a Miami Heat and Clippers game. No way. And and this is at Staples Center. Oh. And so this was when, this is when Shaq was on the Heat. So like kind of newly on the Heat, he left LA to go to Miami. Uh huh. So because of that reason, the Staples Center was full. It was I I don't know what their capacity is. I think it's twenty one thousand. Yeah. Something like that. Wow. Dude, talk. <laughs> dude, talk about nerves and oh, focus. Oh
1: my god!
2: They, they wheel me out to center court. All the lights go out except for right there in the center on you. And then you're you're basically relying on your skills to not botch up the national anthem in front of twenty thousand people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's gnarly, dude. I
2: don't know. And um, I have I have pictures of that night oh. on my Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, and I've been trying to not, not have been, but I tried to get the video from Fox cause Fox was airing it. Uh-huh. They didn't air, they didn't air the, my part on TV cause it wasn't a playoff game or anything,
1: uh-huh.
2: but they were there filming it. And to this day, I would still love to have that footage, but I don't know if it's possible to get it.
1: So what was that like? I mean, when, when oh, in, people just like, <sighs> Yeah,
2: you know, you get to that you get to the part of the anthem where people are always hollering. So I i chose to do like some tasty licks. Uh-huh. My 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 anthem wasn't Jimi Hendrix-ish. There was maybe two and a half seconds of Jimi Hendrix style in there, but the rest was real sultry, clean, nice. um and and just and and just bluesy and kind of I went into this um minor chord progression that sounded like the end from the doors. And then, awesome dude yeah it was it was a cool unique version um but what was interesting is on the way back because i had to take an elevator to the street level to get back to street level
1: uh-huh.
2: i was in the ele- <laughs> i was in the elevator with like seven of the clippers cheerleaders
1: <laughs> and they're <laughs>
2: And they're like, they're like, did you just were you Did you just play the guitar tonight?
1: I'm like, yeah, me. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh. Uh, so yeah, what, so. What, what was that like? Like, you know, walking off. Were you? Did you? Did you feel high? Was it kind of like? A, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the, yeah. like a hard mm-hmm. to come down from that. I bet. And just kind of yeah. like, like just thinking about it. Yeah
2: the yeah. cool part was I my girlfriend at the time was in the seat where I was going to be sitting too so going back to my seat I got all these props from the crowd and yeah. know, it was really really it was a cool cool experience
1: Wow, wow. man I didn't did did know that. that Yeah I didn't know that that's really cool And you just got yeah. that you got that through somebody that you knew and they just said hey come Yeah here.
2: Wow Yeah he um a friend of mine was good. He had season Clipper season tickets and he knew the, um, operations manager that happened on that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's all who, you know,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. Talk so, about your,
1: uh, talk about your black couch studio.
2: Yeah. Um, well, to sum it all up, um, looking back at my childhood and being a kid, um all the way up into my high school years of playing music i was always always into recording myself playing even i would take my dad's old old school tape recorders the one with the five buttons across the front yeah and i would use i would use two of them to like overdub oh yeah <laughs> yeah and i would dude i was like i was like 8 9 years old uh uh-huh. and that really didn't dawn on me until like about five years ago when i was getting into recording and production more i'm like wow like i've been doing this since i was a kid and that's no wonder i'm gravitated towards production um anyway so um i slowly started building up um the necessary gear to have high quality recordings and um you know production efforts yeah and then uh, when I when I bought my home three years ago, it was like the perfect house because of lower level. It's not a basement, it's just kind of a downstairs. Uh-huh. Um, I converted the whole downstairs into a recording studio. Uh-huh. Awesome. Yeah. And are you Yeah, and it's been go okay. ahead. Go ahead. know. I was just to say it's just been a, a a crazy wonderful ride since since I bought here um, and converted the studio because I used to, when I rented, you know, prior to three years ago, it was just a one bedroom thing. That's kind of where it all started. Uh I had a lot of my gear in just one bedroom and um, bring friends over and record and stuff like that. But having a a real setup with a live room and isolation booths and a control room, that's just a game changer.
1: Oh, that's awesome. You mm-hmm. you guys were doing like, from what I was looking at, like some kind of contest, and then like, oh yeah, what, what, what was that all about?
2: Well, it we we didn't want to bill it or brand it as a contest because um, basically we we g- gathered we pulled up sixteen musicians, eight guitar players, four bass players, four drummers. Within those musicians, somebody was always a singer so it's not like we had to grab a specific singer Uh um so we randomly assembled um four different bands at the draw drawing names out of a hat and um once we had these four bands assembled then we would throw a bunch of classic rock tunes into a hat draw one of those and so that song was the song that those four bands they each had three hours to record their own version of it in my studio. <laughs> um, not on the same day, they were all separate sessions, so yeah. four different session days, but talk about a fun process. So you have these musicians that sometimes don't know each other and sometimes, most of the time, have never played together before.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: C- come together in the studio and woodshed this cover song that they usually are familiar with mm-hmm. and woodshed their own version and then we record it. And and dude, it's so much fun.
1: Some cool versions of. Huh? So.
2: Yeah, we we've, we've done two series. We're currently working on starting up a, a third series, volume 3. Um yeah, and all those are all those versions are on my Black Couch um
1: YouTube channel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, That's good. Awesome, man. So what are you doing um, as far as like uh, more recordings with other bands? Are you are you producing other bands? Anything like that?
2: Yeah, there's um, one kind of up and coming kid, Jaden Secor. He's he's been he's recorded um, quite a few times. He's been part of that Black Couch series okay. as well. But his original stuff, he's been in there multiple times, and he's actually working on coming back for a full length album. Um, so he's, he's kind of like the most recent guy. There's been a few others that have come in there and done some smaller projects. Um, nothing too crazy, uh, nothing too involved. Um, what had happened is as soon as I finished the studio, COVID hit oh so then then it's like ah well no one's really getting together so there was two years of that (laughs) (laughs) so um but i'm getting what's interesting is i'm getting a lot of calls about the studio which which is what i want i don't i want to be able to choose who i have come in there and yeah um what's what's also very cool is I've. let's see as of recent this year not this year but tail end of last year there have been two film stock companies that call me that want to shoot in there because it looks so cool
1: Ah, right. and on. they
2: they literally come and pay me this fee to come shoot video and photos in there of, of their actors or artists or whatever uh-huh so, so that's pretty cool kind of
1: <laughs> that's way cool
2: <laughs> yeah i know kind of you know makes it makes it even more worth it awesome
1: well, what shows do you have coming up, if any, so that we can uh, come see you? Um, March thirty first. That's the thing is, I'm not, I'm not
2: gigging a ton because we're recording. We're focusing yeah. on recording right now. Yeah. But March thirty first, I'm downtown at a place called The Twist, downtown Ventura. Okay. And then um, I'm working on a Guy Martin and Friends um show at that same venue probably sometime in um air june what's that what's that venue like i've never seen it that's a really cool venue um it used to be called grapes and hops oh yeah um is,
1: oh that's, yeah okay yeah i knew where that is
2: yeah. right and so um there's you know these there's new owners actually i mean, how do I explain this when it was grapes and hops there there were some weird business vibes going on oh, okay. some new owners took over but even since then they sold it and now there's new owners um, a part a couple partners chris and michelle and they are just so awesome man they are they're what uh club owners should be like as far as okay hospitality and
1: nice anyway
2: they're they they're making the place good as it was when Tammy owned it, when it was grapes and hops. Um, so it's a good, it's a good room. It's got good sound. Chris is, um, very serious about having it sound as good as he can. And there he's, he's doing everything he needs to do, uh-huh. taking all the steps from being on stage all the way to out into his patio to make sure it sounds good. And, got to respect that
1: do they do all kinds of music there
2: they do actually
1: yeah awesome
2: um yeah in fact you would probably do well there
1: yeah you probably would a ska band in there yeah (laughs) (laughs) you probably would
2: man it's a good it's a good room okay
1: i'll check it out man (laughs) awesome (laughs) Well, usually at the, uh, at the end of the podcast, um, I usually ask uh, people like, you know, what they've been listening to as far as music, um, that sort of thing, you know, whatever it is, I'm always learning about new bands and artists, you know, from, from that question right. too, you know? So, um, what have you been listening to? Oh man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah, I mean
2: you know what's funny is I don't I don't make a point to listen to a ton of music. It's so weird. It's uh but when I do listen to music, it's it's usually nothing brand new. Yeah. Um
1: God your uh, old records, you listen to those still the Stevie Ray Bonds and the Yeah, Hendrix I or- mean it's what's funny
2: is I I haven't I don't listen to much SRV, um, uh-huh. unless I'm unless I'm trying to study or rehearse for like an SRV show or something. Yeah, I won't sit unless you know I I literally will not sit and listen to only him. Yeah, because I've I've done I've already I've burnt that candle out a long time ago. <laughs> um, I know every note. <laughs> um, I know. You know it's like. um that man, that's a tough question for me to be honest. Like for such a simple question, it's it's a hard one for me. Um, yeah. I, I will listen to pretty much anything except for rap. Uh-huh. I'm not really into rap. I'm not into hip hop. I'll do some Snoop Dogg and Eminem, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, man, other than that, you know, I just I love. I'll I'll will i I'll throw on everything from the police to the Chili Peppers to Exactly. To Jimmy to Jimmy Hendrix to Pink Floyd, yep. to the Who. I mean mm-hmm. um new obscure blues artists that are up and coming, you know? Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, stuff like that. Right.
1: Sorry <laughs> <Well, laughs> to be so
2: big on that one.
1: Guy, it's so good to catch <laughs> up with you, man.
2: You as well, Guy. Yeah. My friend, Guy.
1: <laughs> my friend, Guy. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, well, thanks, man. A long and time. So, everybody go out and see Guy play March 31st, uh, downtown Ventura at the club, The Twist. And that's probably, showtime is probably eight or so, I'm assuming. Yeah. You know, somewhere yep, in there. Eight but go, go check it out. Um, and, Guy, thanks again, man, for being on my podcast. I'm super stoked. Much respect to you. You're a shredder. Keep singing, man.
2: Yeah, the feelings are are mutual, man. The feelings are mutual. And I appreciate you asking me more. All right, we'll talk soon. Okay, brother.
0: It's a Guy Jeans Podcast. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.
1: You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest.
0: Oh. <laughs> Tune in to West Marines Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.